Are you walking a hard but beautiful journey? Are you sitting in a space that you never thought you'd be? Have you experienced infertility, a miscarriage, adoption? Or are you parenting kids with a behavioral disability? Have these struggles put unbearable strains on your relationships? Or have you struggled with your mental health? I have experienced all of this. My husband and I struggled with infertility and fought for our three beautiful children, our miracles. We went through the struggles, the pain, and the financial burden of IVF in order to have these incredible children. And that journey was so freaking hard. We felt like failures and we felt alone in our struggle. And now, all three of our children have been diagnosed with ADHD, ODD, and anxiety disorders. And if possible, that has been even more challenging. Again, we have felt alone, confused, like we were bad parents, like we were being judged at every turn. It has tested our marriage. It has broke me many times to the point of two complete mental breakdowns. So, if you are experiencing this, please know you are not alone. That's why I've created this safe space for you, so that we can together find the education, resources, support, mentorship, inspiration, and more that we need to grow on this hard yet beautiful journey. Because at the end of it all, I wouldn't trade a second of what I went through because these children, our marriage, our family, and my mental health is worth fighting for. I'm also here to remind you that telling your story is part of the journey. Someone in your life, someone in the world needs to hear it, and I will be encouraging you along the way to tell your story. I'm Tiffany Vaughn. I'm so grateful you're here. It's time to walk your own hard, beautiful journey. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to Hard Beautiful Journey. This is Tiffany Vaughn, and you are listening to episode 10. Let me tell you, this one was a tough one. I knew this story was going to be so important to tell, but I also knew that it would be hard for all of the parties involved. But before I go into it, I'd like to take a moment to read a review from one of my amazing listeners. This one comes from a beautiful friend from high school, Charlene. Hi, Tiff. I have known you since high school, but we have been more acquaintances than good friends. I have always loved your light and your positivity and humor and always enjoyed any time I would get to see you. To hear your story and your journey with all of this is just amazing. I have known bits and pieces over the years, but you are so courageous to share your story in this manner. I have listened to every episode and I am just in awe of you. Congrats on this venture, and I can't wait to hear more. Shar, thank you so much for this review. I am so, so grateful to know you. Thank you. So this episode is about our journey with embryo donation. Remember back to episode three when I said we had more embryos than we ever planned to use? After we had our twin boys, we were left with three very good quality embryos. In order to keep those embryos in cryostorage, which basically means frozen until you want to use them, you have to pay an annual storage fee to the fertility clinic. 
And for two years, we did that with no hesitation. And then when the boys were two, I had a hysterectomy, which meant I could never carry another child, even if I wanted to. Now the decision to keep our MBs was weighing on us every year that we went to go and pay that bill. Did it even make sense anymore? For those that haven't listened to the first few episodes, the Coles notes is we had three embryos left over after having our children. 100% genetic material composed of my husband and I. There is a lot of debate in this area regarding embryos if they are considered children at this stage in the process. And my view and belief is they are. They just need an oven to grow them in. So when we started thinking about what to do with our embryos, it was a very, very difficult decision. These embryos took an incredible amount of strength, determination, love, and of course money to get them. And the options that we had were donate to science, donate to someone anonymously, donate to someone you know, which basically is an open adoption, or destroy them. Donating to science and destroying were never options for myself or James. It took many conversations to decide between anonymous and open donation. James was okay with both, but something kept tugging on me to want to know the people that would be raising our 100% genetic kids. Every time I thought about there being someone in the world that may look like me or James or our kids, it killed me. When you go through this process, you are required to meet with a fertility counselor to talk through the different emotions you will feel, as well as those of the unborn children and how it can affect them as they grow older when they realize that they were um, adopted, embryo adoption. We did make the decision to go the open adoption route, and once that decision was made, we committed. We committed to being as open and honest and supportive of whatever happened on this journey. So once we made that decision, I found a Facebook group that deals with embryo donation, and the rest of that story is coming up next. I am interviewing Stephanie, who is one half of the amazing couple that we chose to embark on this journey with. So I have a special guest with me today, and she is more than a special guest actually to James and I, and her and her husband um, have played a very important role in a part of our journey. And we both agreed that there's probably gonna be tears in this episode, but we have also brought alcohol to the party because <laughs> <laughs> we know that we're going to need it, right? Yeah. So my special guest today is a incredible person, lady, woman named Steph. And her hubby is Brett. He is not on the call right now, but Steph is. And Steph and Brett were the couple that we ended up deciding to um, donate our three remaining embryos to. And we are more than, more than happy that we chose them. Um, but what we wanted to do today was talk about that journey and that story and just 
for the reason, I think my reason is to help other people that are going through it understand what the process is like from a non-medical view and from an actual like real humans dealing with this stuff because it's not easy, not easy at all. And so my part of this story is we had been paying for um, the, what do you want to call it, storage for our embryos for five years, going on six years. And I had had a hysterectomy, so I knew that I was not carrying babies anymore. And James and I talked about it every year we got that bill. Uh, (laughs) What do we want to do? (laughs) We can't do anything with these. So basically, we did come to the decision that we were going to donate them. And we wanted to donate them to a couple that had not had any children before. And so we, I, not we, I went on to a Facebook group. There's a lot of Facebook groups, right, Steph? Yeah, About embryo adoption. And I definitely found about two or three couples that definitely fit our bill. I reached out, I messaged the three of them. And Steph's response was priceless. Um, basically it took you a while to respond, but when you did, it's like, what was your, what was your reaction? (laughs) So there's more to that story. I think on like why it took me so long to respond. Um, cause I thought I had deleted all of my info and all of my profile cause it was never going to happen and no one was going to pick us and it was just hopeless and like, whatever, just move on with life and it's fine. And you messaged me when we were running in between a plane that was delayed in the San Francisco airport, um, between San Francisco and Calgary. And like, it was frantic and panicked. And I was like, what? (laughs) What is, I like, I was yelling at Brett. Brett was yelling at me. We were so stressed. We couldn't find our gate. And then I looked at my phone and you're like, hi. are you still looking for embryos? I was like, um, I, I, I don't even know how to approach this subject right now. Like I'm just an overload, but yeah, that's mostly why it took me so long. And I was like, I want them so bad. How am I going to tell Brett that this is happening? <laughs> so that's kind of why it took so long. And, but, but yeah, you, when you did respond, you did grill me. You were like, what? <laughs> tell me more. Yeah. And, and I liked that. I loved that. You wanted to know all the details. Yeah. It, I just felt like if this is going to be a relationship that we have for the rest of our lives, I'm in. I'm open. I'm wide open. I'm not beating around the bush. Like, I'm all in. Let's just rip open that wound and, and talk about it. And, like, so I didn't hide anything. It was just sort of, like, this is who I am and tell me about you and like I think our conversation went pretty deep pretty fast (laughs) (laughs) it's probably not normal but like these are not normal situations right so you just kind of gotta go with it be nimble adapt Um, exactly it went deep really fast and I really I was like whoa I like this (laughs) this is (laughs) (laughs) at that point I think we were like five years in so let's hear journey. about your journey. Let's hear about your journey. What you want so, to share anyway. Yeah. So 
I don't even know how it started. Like when Brett and I first started dating, I was 28. He was 32. And we were both like, we don't want kids. We're going to just be independent. We're going to do this. We're going to be, you know, um, just a, a couple of dinks, dual income, no kids. Um, and that's the way it's going to be. And then we dated for a while. We both had our own houses. We we're both super independent. And then we moved in um, probably like year six of being together. And I was like, that's it. This is it. I love you more than anything in the whole world. I want to be parents. I want to have children. I want to give someone the opportunity to see what a great dad you would be and how wonderful you would be supporting them and loving them and caring for them just like you do that for me. Um, and he was like, what? I, <laughs> I don't even understand this. Um, and now that I know him, I can totally see him say that. Yeah, both him and James are very similar. They're both like, their interaction is like, um, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like the red minivan, right? Like, uh, okay. And then you kind of just go with it. Like, you go with it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was 34 at this point. And I was like, you know what? This is going to be cake. They tell you all the time. You have sex one time. Boom, you're pregnant. No big deal. Um, and then months, 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 months goes by, you know, just like your story. And then six months, I was like, this is baloney. Um, I'm old. Like, we need to figure this out. So I went to the doctor and I was like, you know, explaining the situation to her. And she sent us to a fertility clinic to get like blood work and whatever else. And I was like, this is dumb. But whatever, we're just going to go and, and see what happens. So they do all the tests and you're sitting in the room and like everyone's staring at you in the waiting room and like everyone has sad faces and, you know, um, which you come to get over time, I suppose. So we do all the blood work. We do all the things. Brett does the things, you know, James is talking about the happy room and like all the, all the stuff where you just walk out and then you want to have a cigarette, even if you don't smoke. I think he said that in one of the episodes. <laughs> so everything's fine. We're fine. Cool. We're fine. Like, everything's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carrying on. Life is fine. Like nothing's wrong with us. Okay, great. Moving on. And then still six more months pass, nothing. So they're like, you should do IVF. And I was like, excuse me, sir, pump the brakes. Like that's, Oh, a lot right mm-hmm. so let's try IUI first and I'm like this is it this is gonna work like a hundred percent of the time this whole process I'm thinking like this is it this is gonna work there's no big deal like put the babies in me we're good so we do the IUI you know we take the pictures in the room like sorry I gotta interrupt you when yeah they shot 20 some million into you you yeah. were like okay right yeah yeah yeah. How can it not it, happen when you have that many sperm? Exactly. Like, <laughs> and I, like you, I'm an accountant, right? So I deal in facts. I deal in numbers. I deal in rules. I deal in boundaries. Like, Odds, that's just the way risk. Our, yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. just the way our brains work. Like, we mm-hmm. don't, you know. So we take the pictures in the room after, like, yay, we're going to show our baby. This is the day, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're all cute and in love. And then, like, so you do the whole two-week wait, and then nothing. Like, oh, well, that's stupid. Okay, let's bring out the big guns. Like, 
we're not going to waste another 1200 bucks. That was stupid. So let's just do the IVF. Maybe they were right. So we do the IVF and like Brett's a first responder. So he does all the needles. He does all the things. I'm like the crazy girlfriend at this point. I wasn't even his wife. And I'm like, you need to participate. You need to do the needles, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not doing this all by myself. I'm fat and emotional and cranky. So he's so sweet. He does all the stuff, you know. And then we go for the the ultrasounds. And I'm crying in the waiting room because I'm full of drugs and hormones. And they're like, you have 12 follicles. I'm like, this is amazing. We're we're doing this, you know. Um so they, then we go in the next day and they check again and they go in the next day and they check again and everything's fine. Everything's lovely. Uh, they do the egg retrieval and we got eight eggs. So we're like, this is amazing. Like eight's good. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. I think th- prior to all this, they'd done the HSG twice. I'd done the laparoscopy to get rid of the little tiny bits of endometriosis I had. So I was like, this is it. We're money. This is working. Mm-hmm. Everything's cleaned um, up yeah like let's do this so we got eight um day one they call and they tell you like how many fertilized and it was eight so i was like like we're amazing yay us (laughs) rock stars (laughs) yeah and then they call on the day three and they're like yeah so it's down to five i'm like i already know this i've already researched the math on what it should be by day three what it should be by day five like i'm good yeah i'm prepared five good and then I knew, like, okay, by the time day day five comes around, we're going to have three. Yep, they called. Yeah, you have three. So we're like, okay, we're right on track, you know, statistically and mathematically. So we go in and they put in our one little fresh embryo. And I'm like, this is it. This is going to work. This is so great. Uh, we do the whole two-week wait. I do the legs up. I do the heating pad on the stomach. I do no moving. I do, you know, all the things. And then, like, boom no it's a negative did you think that you would pee it out as well so i i talked to the doctor at that time and he's like it's like a poppy seed and peanut butter you're not gonna (laughs) pee it out and i was like are you sure mine said the same thing and i did not believe him and uh uh-uh every time i peed i looked (laughs) yeah every like and then i'm looking for like the implantation spotting and like all these things that all these ladies tell you about right because i'm of course on like every message board known to man everyone um yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. and i'm researching like a maniac like okay i totally felt this like little twinge on day seven so i don't even know i'm pretty sure that's implantation you know all the stupid stuff um that you kind of do just like as a type a personality i guess Mm-hmm. And then the two week wait rolls around and they're like, yeah, we're really sorry. You're not pregnant, blah, blah, blah. So I ball my face off and, but it's okay. We still have two, you know, we're good. And statistically doctors now, they like to do the frozen embryo transfers because they have the higher success rate. I'm like, this is money. This is it. We're doing it. So we waited um, one cycle and then we went through the FET, like the frozen embryo transfer protocol to get ready to do the second cycle. And the doctor's like, you know what? He was nice about it, but he basically said, you're kind of old. So let's just put both in. And like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, and yeah, you were like honey. 30, 
35 at this point? 35, yeah. I was oh like, twin, Lord. boom, let's do this. Yes, I'm in. Like, one and done, right? Yep. You know, mm-hmm. I, I will take all of the babies all of the time. Like, I don't care how many there are. Yep. So we go, we put them in, and, like, after the appointment, everyone says, get French fries, because it's the extra salt. So you get the French fries, and you're driving home, and, like, I have a really um, – efficient kidneys so going in with the full bladder like it's full to the brim and I'm almost crying like I can't do this it really hurts right it really hurts you did you pee on the doctor not that time but I did (laughs) later on yeah so um we go home we do the whole two-week wait I can't wait because I'm like neurotic so probably Seven days after transfer, I pee on the test. Okay, we're doing this. I pee on the test. I'm dying. I turn it over, two pink lines. Like, holy crap, I'm losing my mind. It works, it works, it works. I'm so excited. I tell Brett, and he's like cautiously optimistic, like, babe, let's just wait and see, you know, what the doctor says. I'm like, no, look at this. Look at this. This works. No, look, 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 look. You know, so excited. So the next yeah. day I pee on the test. Still pink. Still two lines. So exciting. Um, the next day I pee on the test. Still two pink lines, but not as dark. So I'm like researching like a maniac. You know, everyone's like, oh, that's normal. Uh, It could be the time of day. It could be the dilution of your urine, blah, 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 blah. So we go for the blood test and they're like, yeah, you're pregnant, but their beta is pretty low. Um, So come back and we'll do another one. So of course we, you know, try and like not move, do everything possible, make sure those babies stick. Cause at this point I'm still thinking it's two, like that's it. Um, so we go back again and they're like, no, it's dropping. You lost them. They didn't stick. So I was like, F you universe. I hate you. Sorry for the, no, the you can uh, swear. explicit <laughs> language. Yeah. I was like, I hate you. I hate everyone. This is supposed to work. This works for everybody. Why isn't this working? There's nothing wrong with us. We have, you know, unexplained infertility. We don't have embryo-ish, don't have sperm issues. Like, I hate everything about everyone. And then we waited for about four or five months and I was like, babe, we're going to do it again. Like God wants this to happen. It's going to work. We, we just have to keep trying. We have to try again. And, you know, I, I think at this point we're in the ditch for like 15 grand, I don't know, 17 grand, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's, he's like, okay, I, I can see this is ripping out your soul, but if this is what you want to do, then okay. Mm-hmm. So we do it again. And again, everything's fine. Everything's good. We got lots of follicles. We do the, the egg retrieval. It's awful. FYI for everyone who hasn't done it. It's terrible. Um, but we got seven eggs this time. So I'm like, still good. You know, things are good. Um, then the math works exactly how it's supposed to. Day three, we have five still. Day five, we have two. I'm like, okay, two is still good. Two's a good chance, you know. Um, and the doctor says, let's freeze them because you have OHSS. Um, for everyone who doesn't know what that is, it's the ovarian hyperstimulation something or other. So basically you 
fill up with water and you have just so much drugs in you that like sustaining a pregnancy is not possible anyway. So I'm completely heartbroken and crushed and mad. Like, why did you give me all these drugs? And now I can't do this. Um, so whatever we waited the extra month, we gave it some time to, to get better. And then we waited another month just to be safe. So I think at this point we're like, I think I was 37. Uh, so they put both back in and I'm like, this is going to work. This has to work. Like we are good people. We would be amazing parents, you know, like the universe can't be this cruel. It can't, it can't take you down this path and give you nothing. So we put the embryos, embryos in, we get the French fries, we do all the bed rest, we put the legs up, we, you know, all the things. Um, and then I can't wait, obviously, because I'm a crazy person. So like seven days, eight days after transfer, I pee on the stick, nothing. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. It maybe they're just taking longer than normal. It's okay. Uh, so the next day I do it again, nothing. At this point, I'm like, I don't even know what to do with this. Um, okay. <laughs> So then we go back to the clinic to do the blood work and I'm like a crazy disaster. And I don't know if it's like this at your clinic, but at ours, they start appointments at 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. And everyone sort of just lines up outside the door, starts arriving at six and lines up and, you know, tries to get a good spot in line. So I was second person in line. I was like, OK, this is good. Um, and then someone cut me in line I almost lost my mind I you never like, cut off a hormonal woman ever yeah like I, I don't even think you know what you're doing but like there is a process here lady <laughs> follow the rules um excuse me ma'am back of the bus like I was so mad uh so they do the blood test and they call you later in the day and like they always call the positive people earlier in the day so like as you're waiting past noon, you're kind of like, yeah, it's negative. You know, you brace yourself for it. And then they call you and they're like, yeah, we're really sorry. You know, and you thought you were braced for it, but it's still not, you're not right. So they tell you, no, it's a negative. And at this point, I'm just like, I hate everyone. I don't care. This is stupid. This is unfair. It's, it doesn't make any sense because like, you know, people on crack get pregnant and I have literal healthy viable embryos being put into me and it's still not working. This is stupid. I hate it all. So we're done. We're done. I'm done. Life is done. Um, and then I just kept like sliding down, you know, a little bit. And I said to Brett a couple months later, I'm like, I'm in trouble. We need to go talk to someone because like, I can't handle this. So he's like, what? Okay. Uh, so we find this fertility therapist and we go talk to her and like everything is good. And she's really helping us figure out what is our life going to look like without kids and what do we do and what goals do we have? And like, you know, whatever. So we're on this path and I was talking to a friend of mine that I met online and she's like, what do you think about embryo donation? And I was like, well, I don't know anything about it. So, and she's like, well, we are recipients of embryos and I was like okay so she gave me a whole bunch of websites and I started researching it and then I like you know 
wrote up our profile probably like six or seven times like this this is dumb no one's gonna pick us we'd already gone to like adoption agencies and all this stuff and um you know just the likelihood of someone choosing you is so small Mm -hmm. that when you're already overwhelmed with like so much grief you just think like this is this is never gonna happen um but after, you know, working with the therapist and stuff, like you get a little bit of hope back. And so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to post this profile and I'm going to see what happens. And I made a little photo collage of me and Brett. And I was like, we're so cute. Please pick us. Like, we're lovely people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I showed it to him and he's like, I hate that picture. Like, why are you putting that one in the collage? <laughs> so then I had to redo it. <laughs> oh, God. That's the whole thing. Yeah. So I posted on like four message boards and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and a month goes by and then the doubt creeps in and the negativity creeps in and you're like, no one's going to pick you. There's thousands of people in the world. No one is going to pick you, you know? So I deleted all my stuff and I was like, that's it. You know, we're going to continue on being childless people um it sucks it's horrible but like this is the life we have so we have to make the best of it right and then probably eight months go by we go on some trips we're trying to figure stuff out and then you messaged me and uh, our entire world was like blown (laughs) because like first of all I thought I deleted all those profiles second of all like holy stinking banana someone picked us like what <laughs> this is insanity oh, so God. yeah and oh, that you messaged God. me in the airport as we were like frantically <laughs> screaming at each other trying to find our gate and trying to figure out like how to get home from San Francisco and you know yeah uh and Brett at this point had thought like no this is our life like he knew I deleted all of our profiles he you know and then I'm like, we're on the plane. I'm like, so, um, <laughs> um, um, dear. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, so this lady messaged me and, uh, what do you think I should respond to her? Are you interested? And he was like, I'm just going to watch this movie for a, a minute. Let me think about it. And I'll talk to you in a couple minutes. As we're on the plane, surrounded by a bunch of strangers, like so, he can't say no to me at this point, right? Because I'm just He's gonna start crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. such a lovely wife. But yeah, that's that's where you guys came into our lives, and and then you know, the whole rest of the fun story began. Trying to figure out now what, now what, uh, and mm-hmm. the part. So when when we first started talking and we went deep right away, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. definitely, like we talked a lot and you gave me your story. And so one of my big fears, remember me telling you this many times is I don't want to be the source of you being that dark again. I don't want, like if you guys are at a point where you've moved on, I don't want I don't want to cause you any more heartache. Yeah. And so that's something that we talked about quite a bit before, Mm -hmm. before we made a decision. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, but then we did have a a Skype call, the four of us, and that was good. (laughs) 
so that <laughs> weird but good yeah the boys could meet each other too and and that yeah. was the first time we saw each other face to face yeah right? but yeah. at that time I feel like we knew each other's like so well anyway <laughs> it was weird it was like oh that you know I've seen your own pictures and stuff on your yeah. Facebook or whatever but like yeah. this is like it's it's weird because you just sort of you it you know each other but you don't really know each other you know what I mean but like yeah. stuff I told you I probably would never have told even some of my like closest friends you know because yeah. they just don't get it they don't get it there was a point no. when um do you remember when I was down in North Carolina <laughs> and on I your retreat yeah on my retreat and it was for because I was losing my sanity basically and I was walking the beach and you sent me that picture of your niece and nephew. Do you remember yeah. that? And I, like, at that nothing moment, like a sleeping baby. Yeah. Nothing like a sleeping baby. And at that moment, it was very, very cool. But I was talking with another woman about this situation with you guys. Mm -hmm. And I was telling her about it and that it was, you know, so exciting and it's a big decision. And, and then you sent me that text and I was just like, I don't know. We just got this soul connection. Like we, yeah. when, when I think of her, she texts me or, and yeah. like, do you remember watching long lost family? I can't even like, Oh my gosh. That's so just, we're texting each other crying. Like, <laughs> are you watching this? Oh my God. I can't I, even do this. Anymore. I can't handle yeah. this. Oh my God. Oh my God. But so, it's just yeah. so relevant. Like we always intended that it would be an open relationship and our kids would know about your kids and your kids would know about our kids and it would always be like this amazing big family that these little kids and, and these little beings got to be a part of you know what I mean like mm -hmm. so we always sort of intended that I mm -hmm. I think that's one of the best parts about the agreement that we had is like not only do we get to be parents and families, but we get you guys too. We get like a bonus family. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. So as a reminder, like these embryos obviously are a hundred percent genetically James and I, right. And mm -hmm. so that's what part of our struggle was when we were thinking of donating them is our genetic being being out there and not knowing them. Right. If we yeah. didn't, if we went the anonymous route and we, we came to the conclusion that we couldn't do that. Like we needed to know who was taking care of this child or these children. And when we found you guys, it was like a no brainer, no brainer. It was well, you like, it didn't really seem like a no brainer. You gave me a whole bunch of panic attacks. <laughs> 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 um that's true I did but I was yeah. also talking to somebody else right so I was interviewing yeah. another another couple and um and it was kind of like the bachelor <laughs> like yeah it, that's what it felt like I was like oh my gosh I don't want to hurt these people because anybody anybody yeah. right like it was so hard on my heart and just because I know how bad we wanted one and so that decision was like we made the right decision but it was just it was so hard right to tell them that um yeah. so anyway we we went with you guys 
and then the lawyers get involved and all of that good stuff. And that was actually pretty straightforward for the most part. There was some back and forth, but it was, it, it's needed. I would definitely recommend anybody going this route that you involve uh, lawyers. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just to make sure that each, each other's interests are protected and, and, um, the other thing too was before we even started the process, we were required to meet with our counselor at our fertility clinic. Mm-hmm. And um, then we also jointly met the four of us with mm-hmm. your, your fertility counselor. Mm-hmm. And I found that was very beneficial as well to get that stuff out on the table. And yeah. she was amazing. I loved her. <laughs> she was really good. And I think that's like the, you know, one of the best things that I got from her is like the 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 reaffirmation that like it is in the best interest of any future children and any existing children that they know their story and they know where they came from and how this happened and how many people love them and care about them and invested in them and you know so that's why it was easy for Brett and I just to be like yeah, hundred percent. This is open. It's not anonymous. Like we don't want it's damaging, you know, mm-hmm. potentially to our future kids. So we want them to know, like, why don't I look like you, mom? Why, you know, I kind of look like you. Cause we both have blonde hair. We both, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. but you know, so I think that she really helped bring to light, like the, the statistics and like the, research behind all of the um donation and adoption situations like even you know sperm donation or embryo donation and people still I think have a lot of misconceptions about you know how it affects any children that result in that and like the age that we live in with you know DNA tests and all that stuff these these kids could have really significant life-changing realizations um if they ever go through any of those things if they don't know about it so i 100 percent, and i and like i said before we were just i'm part of a big family a big huge extended so i was like yes more people bring more people into my family i'm i'm all in you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so and you have to you have to discuss this with your extended family right like we mm-hmm. talked it over with my mom and dad, James's mom and dad. And, and like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of things to talk about and consider, like, this isn't our child. <laughs> like, yeah. this would be Stephanie and Brett's child. And mm-hmm. I know you would think it's your grandchild, but it really isn't. And, you know, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of dynamics to work out with the extended yeah. families. And, um, but we were, we were all so on board and gung ho for it. So mm-hmm. would you like to talk about once you received the embryos? So it was like a long road leading up to that. Cause I have to arrange like transport. How am I going to get these sweet little babies from Calgary to Winnipeg? You know? So I do all the research. Surprise, there's a company that does this. Oh, wonderful. So I contact them. I fill in the paperwork and then they tell me, by the way, there's no liability insurance. I'm like, excuse me? Um, 
what do you mean? Like, you're going to damage my potential future children on route? Like, I don't think so. Um, So I begrudgingly signed, like, okay, this is fine. We accept there's no insurance. Um, And they pick them up and they tell me, yes, we've gotten them. uh, And they move them to our clinic, you know, two provinces away. And then our clinic says, yes, we've gotten them and we need to examine them. And I'm like, examine them for what? Put them in. Like, it's fine. Let's do this now. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I remember you sending me the the confirmation from the clinic, even you texted me. I was like, oh my God, thank God they're there. Woo. Yeah. Celebration. So we start the protocol we're doing the embryo transfer and all this time I'm thinking like I gotta do something else something else has to change like the drugs we're on aren't working we're unexplained nobody knows what's wrong with us there's nothing wrong with us we gotta we gotta ramp up our gain here people we gotta do all the things possible and the doctors are like no this protocol is good this protocol works it's going to work you're going to be fine um, this is, you know, the highest success rate statistically and blah, blah, blah. So my accountant brain like immediately buys in and they're like, cool, do it. Um, so they say to us, we're going to put in two. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense to me. Again, bring on the twins, bring on all the children. I don't care. I will take nine at this point. Um, so we do the protocol. Everything looks good. The lining is good. We're ready to go. We get to the clinic and again, the bladder is like bursting full. So for anyone who hasn't gone through this before, they bring you in the straw that's holding the embryos. And I'm like, drugs up for one, because it's kind of painful. So they give you a, a bit of drugs and they're and I'm like, what is this? Why does it say Tiffany? I'm Stephanie. Like, what is happening? <laughs> and they go, these are the embryos. I'm like, in that tiny straw, like I don't real, I don't know how big I thought they would be, but whatever. So you are pasted to my paper. So I did not know this part. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So then it was, it's this other doctor that I've never had before, and I'm like crying and worried and nervous. And then I'm like, don't be nervous. Don't put stress on the babies. Um. And then I accidentally peed on him because my bladder was too full. <laughs> I'm like I'm really I'm really sorry he's like it's okay I didn't even get any on me I was like well that's good news (laughs) oh thank god it's not just me (laughs) no and the nurse is pushing on my bladder with the ultrasound wand so they can make sure that the other wand is inserting the embryos properly and she's like I'm really sorry I'm like it's okay this is the first ultrasound of many I don't mind we're gonna do lots of these don't worry um we're so excited and then we get the french fries on the way home we do all the things and then i facetimed you when you got home and we're like so excited and you're like lay on the couch don't move put your feet up you know <laughs> so, don't go to the bathroom yet oh yeah <laughs> so i do all of that and i'm like just a little barking tyrant brit i need this brit i need that <laughs> poor guy and then the cats we have cats so they're snuggling with me i'm like they know they know i'm pregnant they're they're nesting with me they know mm-hmm. um so we're so excited and like you know at this point it doesn't even cross my mind that someone else's genetics are you know inside mm-hmm. of me i'm just like 
these are my kids. I'm ready. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we wait and we wait and we wait and seven days goes by like torture. I'm like, I'm not going to pee on the stick because I don't want to be heartbroken. Um, Talk about the 14 day wait, like just, just for people who have never been through this. Like it is honestly the longest torture in history, right? It's torture. Yeah. Cause you're just like day one, I'm cool as a cucumber. Day two, I'm less cool. Day three, I'm still fine. Day four, I'm pretty sure that was implantation. I'm pretty sure that cramp. I don't know. Am I gassy? What is happening? Day five, I'm for sure pregnant. This is happening. Um, Day six, I need to pee on all of the things, but I can't because it's too early. And like, then I'm just going to be, you know, looking at these things with a flashlight under a microscope. Is there a pink line? Isn't there a pink line? I must wait. Day seven, I can't do it anymore. I can't wait. I must pee on the things. But I already peed my first pee of the day. So I, I can't waste it because it's not diluted enough. <laughs> da, 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 da. Day eight, I'm doing it. Peeing on the stick, you know. And then you get up in the morning and you're like, I can't. What if it's negative? So then you waste your first. <laughs> yeah, you waste your first pee of the day. And then you're like, well, I can't do it because it's just the, the HSG is just not going to be strong enough. So it's not going to give me a good enough line. But then by the end of day eight, you're like, I'm doing it. You pee on the cheapest pregnancy test that you own. Um, because at this point of your journey, you've peed on like 700. Spent a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So you at this point, you're buying in bulk off eBay, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, what That's can I get? just for- me. Oh, no, God, God no. <laughs> so, and then you pee on it and you're like, I'm 99% sure I see a line. I'm not even, I'm pretty sure you're holding up to the light, to the sunlight with a <laughs> flashlight. You're taking pictures, you're zooming, you're sending it to your friends, telling them to invert it and see if they can somehow <laughs> magically make a second line appear. Um, oh and then day God. nine, you sort of pee on the stick and you're like, yeah, it's negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it kind of all just goes downhill from there, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it's awful. It's horrible. Um, but lots of people, you know, get the positive and, and it's not that bad for mm-hmm. them. But in our particular situation, like Brett and I, it just didn't work. Um, so those two little, two little sweet embryos didn't take. Um, but that's okay. Cause we still have one more. Mm-hmm. And like at this point I had, I always kind of had like a pretty solid relationship with God, you know, like you do too. You talk about your angels all the time. You see the numbers, you get the signs, you do the things like, I have people talk to me in my dreams. Like I know they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, this is a sign. God wouldn't have brought me Tiffany and James if it wasn't going to work. He, mm-hmm. He's not that cruel. Um, he wouldn't put us through this if it wasn't for a reason. You know what I mean? So I still got the faith. I'm still, I'm still ready. Um, and the, the last number we had was number eight that we've had in our journey so we named that one Ocho Mm -hmm. um because I don't know we love Mexico we got married in Mexico you got married in Mexico Mm -hmm. just seemed to fit so we called that little little guy Ocho for 
month while we were preparing, because uh, at this point I'd put my foot down and I was like, this is BS. Excuse me, doctor, sir. I will take all of the drugs, every drug, every possible placebo. I don't care. Give me everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, all through our journey, we tried acupuncture, massage, gluten-free, sugar-free, keto, blah, 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 all of the things. And like, again, going back people on crack get pregnant. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I have three coffees a day instead of two, that really is not going to impact my mm-hmm. my chances of fertility considering like we're unexplained and there's mm-hmm. technically nothing wrong with us. Mm-hmm. So this little guy, Ocho, he's working. That's it. So I, I upped the, the dosage. We added a blood thinner. We added um, a couple additional medications to the protocol to get us ready. Um, I'm covered in bruises, you know, cause like the blood thinners just automatically make your, your skin bruise. So my whole stomach is covered in bruises. Um, we also have additional protocols after the transfer for progesterone. We're going to do progesterone and oil this time. We're not going to do the pills. It's awful. It's a huge, massive needle. You shove it into your hip essentially. Um, and it's, it's horrible. It hurts really bad and whatever. I don't care. I'm ready. We're doing this. So we spend hundreds more dollars on all of this medication. And then um, I go get the lining checked. Yes, you're ready. Ocho is waiting for you. Your lining is good. Um, come back in two days and we'll double check just to make sure it's good because they always want the triple stripe. Um, for those of you that don't know, it's sort of like when they insert the ultrasound wand, they see sort of three fat juicy stripes in your uterus that mean that it's really thick and full of blood and it will hold the embryo so we always want that so we go back two days later yeah your triple stripe come in tomorrow we're gonna put the embryo in um everything's gonna be good so we're we're excited we're ready ocho's happening this is it like this is our path this is the last chance. This little number eight is lucky number eight. Like, you know, I'm pulling all things out of the universe at this point, like Chinese Zodiac and, you know, the eight is the infinity symbol. Like we're doing this. We're, we're full in, you know, whatever tools we can use to make us feel positive that's happening. Um, and we had to be at the doctor at 1030 for our transfer that means they start thawing Ocho four hours before. Um, so I'm, you know, a nervous wreck because sometimes embryos don't thaw. Uh, this has never happened to us before. All of our embryos have thawed. It's been no problem. Um, they have a lot of new technologies with the way they freeze them and the way they slowly thaw them. So we're getting ready to go to the doctor and like an hour before they we're supposed to go. They call and they say, oh, geez, here it comes. Sorry. Um, Ocho didn't thaw. So that's it. We're done. Um, so, you know, what do you do? You're full of drugs and you you basically got a giant party dress on with nowhere to go. Um, but sometimes that happens and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, uh, 
I don't know. Here we are, 13 months after Ocho didn't thaw, and still kind of the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure it out, trying to figure out what to do. It doesn't really ever go away, but like we're childless now. Um, some people say child free. I choose not to use that term because I don't feel that it's freeing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still at the point where I think it's childless, but maybe one day um, mm-hmm. we'll change the term. I don't know. Probably not, but it's uh, it's the end. And, you know, we still kind of think like, oh, maybe, maybe this month it'll happen. Maybe that, you know, we're still sort of natural not actively trying but you always get those people that are like oh yeah my cousin's cousin's friend's neighbor's mailman yeah they totally couldn't conceive either and then all of a sudden um Mm -hmm. but like realistically that's just not the way it works like super often for your cousin's cousin's friend's mailman but um Mm -hmm. there are people like us too that it just never works for you know and And no one really hears about it doesn't make sense no no it's not fair it doesn't make sense it's really damaging to like my relationship with you know god and the universe and myself Mm -hmm. and you know but Mm -hmm. um that is what it is at this point like and i uh, thank god you have brett with you yeah yeah because he is such a huge support for you huge he is he's very sally sunshine when i'm not um mm-hmm. and vice versa i guess you know when when he's down i'm mm-hmm. but he kids were always important to him but weren't like the definition of of who he was and like as women for us it's just something you're supposed to do your body is supposed to know how to do this and I think that's because the hardest part for us right is, is like it's, yeah it's a it's a natural part of what we're supposed to do and feel a child growing in us and yeah. then when you can't do it it's heartbreaking for one but you feel like the biggest failure in the world and that's yeah. hard to get over you know it's it's very hard to get over. Yeah, yeah. especially because we're unexplained. Like, there's, there's, I've, I remember at one point, I was like, I need more tests. You need to test my thyroid, my who's it, my what's it, my everything, all of the things. Um, mm-hmm. So I went to <laughs> this Dynacare place. I don't know if you guys have them, but it's like the, it's essentially a company that just does blood tests. Mm-hmm. So I go there, there's literally seven pregnant people in the waiting room. I'm like, are you shitting me right now? Like, I'm here to figure out why I suck so bad. And all of you guys are just popping out kids, like no big deal. Cool. And then they took nine vials of blood from me to do all of these tests. And I was like, okay, we're going to figure this out. And then I got back to my car and I had a parking ticket. I was like, this is the worst day ever. <laughs> like, how is this even happening? Um, but yeah, <laughs> like, throw me a bone here. Come on, man. Throw me a bone. Yeah. 
Oh. So, I don't know. It still sucks. Every day, every day, I still think about it. Um, and like, still, every day? 13 months, every day. Mm-hmm. And like, what do you do though? You know, mm-hmm. there's, like, and unless every single person listening to this podcast wants to send me all of their embryos, like, I don't know where we're at. You never know who's listening. <laughs> right? Like, right? It's just, I don't know. Being a really type A person, which you are too, like, there, I need reason. I need logic. I need to understand. And when you tell me, oh, you're unexplained, and you, oh, we tried this eight times, and oh, no, it's just, it's not working for you. Like, that's not good enough for me. That's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's not, that's not comforting. That's not helpful. That is doing nothing except smashing me internally, you know? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we try and figure it out, and we try and be thankful for the stuff that we do have, and the people that are in our lives, and the relationship that we made with you and James, and mm-hmm um you know all of those things but then you know the every day there's that like you see that pregnant lady or someone says oh COVID is so hard because of my kid and you're like I would kill for your life right now you know mm-hmm. um or like oh we had you know three miscarriages and now we're pregnant and it's like I'm so happy for you but I also hate you because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. you know Mm-hmm. Please don't tell me these things, you know, and people just don't understand how to communicate with people like me who mm-hmm. are in this weird bubble of jealousy and happiness, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a crazy bubble. That one, like, yeah, when my sister and my brother were pregnant, right. And I was like, right. Oh my God, I, at same time, the exact same time, you're so happy, but you're so angry at life in general like I don't get it and certain people bug me more than other people when I get the news which really doesn't feel great because I'm like it's not fair it's not fair but like who am I to judge what's fair and what isn't fair you know what I mean so I always have to like stop that sort of thinking and think like there is no judge you are not the judge Mm -hmm. um my situation is not fair with me and Brett And that's okay for me to say because it's our lives, but it's not Mm -hmm. fair for me to say that for anybody else, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. But it still makes me feel like a jerk. (laughs) Wow. Your your journey, your infertility journey, yours and Brett's, like I said in my earlier podcast, like ours was mild compared to some, honestly. It was hard, but mild compared, and it meant I was meaning you guys because it's, it's so frustrating and so unexplained and I I just wish and like you know we went of course like through our journey too we do all the adoption stuff and we talk about fostering and you know I'm like I can't Brett I can't foster and someone takes those babies away from me um so we looked at adoption and there's one adoption agency in Winnipeg where we live and we went a couple of times. And the last time we went, they said there's 61 people on the list. And last year there was six adoptions. And then at that point, like your self-esteem is so smashed. You're like, no one's going to pick us. I can't, I can't go through all of these 
psychological assessments and home studies and put our name on the list and you know every day just hope that someone's going to pick us when no one's going to because there's so many good people that are on the list and so many good options you know like who are we to say that we're better or we're different than someone else's choice you know so we didn't do that and then we looked at um overseas european adoption because there's a relationship in winnipeg as well with i think it's um ukraine and poland i can't remember um but they won't look at you unless you've been married for three years and because brett and i waited so long to get married um because it just wasn't a thing for us like we were we were together 10 years before even proposed because like you're my person, I'm your person, I love you, whatever, you know, not realizing like, hey, we can't get a baby because we have to be married for three years before people will even consider us. And but you yeah, it's two years now, right? Yeah. And then so by the time we're three years married, I'm 42, he's 46. Who the heck is going to give us a child? Like, we're old, you know, um, not not mentally or in appearance or inside or but you know on a calendar for all yeah. um but yeah it's just i i fantasize about someone calling me and being like i know this person they have a baby they need parents and i'm like yay okay we'll take them we'll love them forever and yeah. you know we'll make sure they turn out to be wonderful adults and you know but yeah. realistically is that gonna happen no but it would be cool <laughs> so universe if you're listening to this yeah. podcast you never know who's listening out in this wide world if anybody knew you guys and your hearts like it would be a no-brainer like it was for us yeah right so i hope so <laughs> you never know you never yeah. know and i just want you to know that like in the beginning when i was worried about how if it didn't work, how you would yeah. feel. I hope that I know you're still in that space, but I hope that you are coming out of it a little bit and that I wasn't the source of all of that. No, me. no, you guys weren't. Like, you guys were like, you know, you always talk about your angels. That's what it felt like. Like, you guys came out of nowhere and you were like, we trust you with our genetic material. We trust you that you are going to be a parent. And it's so, it's a weird feeling me on the other end because you're like, do they know that when I was 12, I stole gum from Walmart? <laughs> like, do they know? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, hey, I stole I should the Papa Smurf. <laughs> I know, but it's like, I should tell them. I should tell them about all the bad things I've ever done before they make this choice. Like, I don't know. Okay, people, can you hear this woman? Like, seriously, that's why I fell in love with her is because we've been laughing like this since day, not day one, because it was pretty Crying serious. and Crying laughing. Crying and laughing. <laughs> since maybe day two. Okay. All right. So I wrap up every episode with things that I'm grateful for. So I'm going to go first because I want to make you cry first. Oh, gosh. I am beyond grateful that I found you and Brett and that you went on this 
hard, beautiful journey with us because it was hard, but it was beautiful, but, and then hard again. And my life, James's life, like our life is better because we know you and because you guys came to Calgary, you came and we had dinner together. We met each other and that was so awesome. I was so nervous. Oh my God, I almost peed myself. Like, honestly, ask James, I almost peed my pants a few times. I changed, like, I don't know how many times I was like, Brett, does this look like a future mother shirt? Should I wear this? (laughs) He's like, just put on a shirt, who cares? You know? (laughs) That was so awesome meeting you guys. So, I'm grateful for you, and we are lifelong friends now, and that is so, so important to me. So important. So thank you. I'm grateful for you. Yeah, you're always going to be with us because I have you tattooed on me. Oh, that's Um, right. Tell them about your tattoo. So, like, I need to take action to sort of move past things. And after Ocho, um, I didn't know what to do, but I was like, I need a permanent reminder every day of, like, how far we've come and how hard this was and I can do hard things and I did hard things and I'm still okay. I'm not, you know, the same person I was, but I'm a different person and I've changed and, and that's okay. And it's about moving and loving and growing. So I decided I need a tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) So I got um, eight little birds on my foot and five of them are black for our embryos and three of them are blue for yours uh, so you guys will always be mixed with our life and you will always be with me and on me and I see you all the time when I have no socks on um, <laughs> and like it's not the way we intended you guys will be with us but you're still there and you're still a huge part of our life and a huge part of our story and um, we're forever thankful that you picked us and gave us the chance at least um to to try keep trying you know but yeah oh my gosh it's tough I know I'm sorry I knew it was going to be a huge cry fest (laughs) if you just saw us we are like crying fools over here I know the good thing there's no video recording right like (laughs) oh no 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 (laughs) no video no Oh my I'm going to go into the living room and Brett's going to be like, oh yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. Well, when I came down here, I was like, I grabbed the Kleenex box and James was like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. it's going to happen. It's so weird how like we didn't know each other, but we're so similar and our husbands are so similar and like, it's just the strangest thing. Yeah. There, we have but. a lot of similarities. We and, do. Yeah. So. And how could you tell that from like one photo collage and a brief write up about us? Like it's crazy that I don't know. And it was it's meant to happen, right? Like totally meant to happen. Not great that we're here without babies, but mm-hmm. super great that we at least have our lives connected and we can be friends and mm-hmm. you know have this this connection that is weird and strange and not everyone gets to have right exactly we have a very cool connection and yeah and like you said earlier if you haven't been through this you you just won't understand 
what that kind of relationship actually means. And I wouldn't wish this journey on anybody, anybody in this entire world. It's heartbreaking and it's hard. And um, I'm just so grateful that you were willing to share this because I know it will help somebody. It really will. And that's why I'm, I'm sharing the rest of like all of my story because you never know who it's going to reach. Yeah. And And that was something we sort of always talked about too, through our like, you know, completely bare conversations or like, we need to help people. We need to be advocates and tell people this, this is a real thing. This happens. Embryo donation, you, you don't have to donate them to science. You don't have to keep them in storage forever. Um, you don't have to destroy them mm-hmm. but if you choose to that's okay too but there's other options right like there's millions of people like me and Brett unfortunately that are open and willing and totally wide open to saying yes please take us into your family and trust us with your with your embryos and we'll do a good job we promise right Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I do know like through my advocacy because I I do try and be pretty open with anyone who asks me and anyone who wants to talk about it um one of my friends she had gone through 11 embryo transfers of her own and I was like you know but maybe um egg donation or embryo donation is for you and so they explored it and they talked about it and their situation was a little different. Like their clinic takes embryos and it's completely anonymous, but they did get pregnant through anonymous embryo donation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've, we've helped one person, one family mm-hmm. at least. Right. Mm-hmm. So yep. maybe there's more. There's so many more. And I, that's why this, this recording with you has been at the front of my mind from the day I started because I know how important it is for people to know that there are other options for your embryos, right? Like our Mm -hmm. second go round, we got way more than we thought we ever would. And we didn't expect to get twins, (laughs) but we did. And so then when we got them, we were just like, now we're in the other shoes, right? Like now we have, too many what do we do with them and there are other options there's other people there's other people ready and waiting for them so Mm -hmm. that is an option and it just has to be the right one for you incredible right i can't express my gratitude enough that steph agreed to share their side of this journey if i could have one wish just one come true in this world it would be that those two amazing souls were able to have a child of their own. Watching them go through this heartbreak has been devastating. They are amazing people, and I know with every single fiber in my soul that they deserve this. Steph and Brett, we love you both so very much. I wanted to also let you know that you can catch up on all episodes on my website, and also see some photos and other good stuff on there as well. I have been posting photos and videos that relate to the episode that I am discussing, 
And if you haven't checked out my Bell's Palsy video where I try and apply lip balm, you are missing out. Go check it out. My website is www.tiffanyvaughn.ca and that is spelled T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-V-A-U-G-H-A-N dot C-A. Go to the podcast or blog tab. I can also be found on Facebook under my name or under Hard Beautiful Journey. And I can be found on Instagram under Ms. Tiff Vaughn, M-S-T-I-F-F-V-A-U-G-H-A-N. Thanks for listening. It always means the world to me. And remember to be kind and stay well.